Hey, welcome to Three Tech Talk. This is Jason, and I am back today with my buddies Dell and Matt. How are we doing, fellas? How are we doing today? I'm doing well. Uh, how are you doing, Dell? I am doing quite well, actually. Thank you for asking. And uh, Jason, how are you? I'm doing fantastic, man. It's been a, I have to say, it's been a good week and a good, actually, two weeks since we talked last. So it's been, it's been good, man. Everything is wonderful. I got healthy household and uh yeah just things are, are going well man can't complain are you saying there isn't uh, a single person sick in your house right now knock on wood bro no <laughs> wow. knock on wood and this i mean that's this it's scary i'm like we might actually make it to, well so last weekend i'll just catch you up since last time so last weekend we were in sedona uh for four days and um you know we took some time away just to you know kind of decompress and whatnot so we rented a, a house up there and um, did hiking and we went to dinner and, and mind you, you know, I, I have a four-year-old and a one-year-old, but they roll with us. You know, we don't, we don't slow down for, you know, we slow down in the sense of we can't do as many trips as we'd like to, but we take them with us, man. We, we, you know, we, we, we get on the road. So um, went up there, it was beautiful. Uh, the house we stayed at this Airbnb, it's on VRBO and Airbnb, but man, this house was so sick. It was it, it wasn't, it was a nice size house, but it was just the fact that the place was stocked. I mean, it just stocked with everything. Like we had, they had kids cups and plates and kids dishes. They had adult dishes. And I mean, the, everything was brand new from like uh, the silverware, the dishes, the, they had games stocked for adults and kids. They had uh, backyard stuff set up. It was, uh, I, I mean, and just super clean and and really nice and, Oh man, it's just when you when you go on vacation, especially when you have little kids like that, the last thing you need are any hiccups or, you know, having to go out and buy something. And, you know, we confirmed with them that there was a pack and play for the one year old to sleep in and it was there It was in great condition we were able to get my my daughter, you know, to sleep well we it was just a home away from home so it was just so wonderful man and so coming back off of a trip like that you can you just I, you know, I'm feeling great man. Really yeah, we might have to shout out that uh that that uh super host because oh yeah yeah that's I can what, get the that's, those are amazing that's what makes Airbnb worth it when you get those it's just like wow I really feel like I'm at home <laughs> well I mean it, it to the point we were like how do we buy a house in this neighborhood and just have that you know I mean it just it was that we had one little glitch I would say one little glitch is they have um which which makes sense I mean they have electronic locks on the front door right so they have a keypad that they can mm-hmm. reset and change mm-hmm. for every guest, which makes sense. It was a little glitchy. Um, so we had a couple situations where we had to um, email the host real quick and say, hey, you know, the code didn't work and they reset it right away. I mean, we never waited more than five minutes for it to, for it to be reset. So, um, but, you know, you don't, sometimes if you have that situation, you have never, I no idea, you might be waiting for hours or something, but this, mm-hmm. this was great. I'm going to, I'll get the link from my wife and, uh, and shout it out. We can put it in the show notes. Cause I'm telling you, if you ever go to Sedona and this, this place was 15 minutes South of the downtown area of Sedona. So we went into downtown area and then we were able to drive right back down South a few minutes and, um, you know, enjoy a nice little like kind of neighborhood that was near uh, a shopping center that had, you know, a great uh, grocery store and restaurants and stuff like that. So it just, you know, you, you can't come back upset with that at all. It was just fantastic. So nice, man. Yeah. How about you, man? What's, what's been new? 
not that much here to be honest. I um oh I think I think since we last spoke I uh, I did some remodeling in my uh, my bathroom. But uh, that's it, man. The master. Yeah. Or the primary now? Sorry. The primary, yeah. The, the, yeah, the politically correct way to say the primary. Okay, cool. <laughs> now, did you do this remodeling yourself or did you hire professionals? Uh, it wasn't too bad. I, I just uh, took the, the cabinet and the sink out and put a new, um, I just bought one of those uh, pre-built cabinet sink combos from, uh, from Lowe's. Okay, the pre-built vanities with the sink already yeah. in and all that. Yeah. Did you and then just a new uh new faucet and stuff? Yeah, new hardware. Faucet, yeah. Oh, nice, man. That's cool. You know, it's like uh it's like rims on a on a car or like, you know, just a clean car just looks so much better than a dirty car. <laughs> so you do these little touches, man. You can bring a lot of value with not a lot of effort. I was uh my sink was like backing up, and so I started looking into it. Uh and I took the um you know, like the pipes underneath the sink mm-hmm. that go into the drain. I took those yeah. apart and um, I could tell what happened. Like the, the last guy who put the, you know, the former sink in, he was trying to hook up the pipes and they come with these um, like easy to screw in, um, you know, rings and compression fittings. Yeah. It's, it's supposed to be, uh, you don't even need any tools. You just kind right. of them together mm-hmm. well he, he like didn't have a piece he needed to uh to connect two pieces with like a watertight seal mm-hmm. so we got just like a like a normal like half inch like pvc pipe and then wrapped some duct tape around it stop just, just jammed it in there stop yeah and i was like take it apart. i was like what is and then i realized what was happening <laughs> dude yeah, i get why my my sink's uh backing up now uh yeah like as you can tell i worked at home depot when i was a younger a younger person i worked in the plumbing department so i am not afraid of a sink (laughs) yeah it's so easy that stuff is i mean like it's i mean it's maybe not easy i wouldn't say that but like you can go to youtube or just go to home depot man and tell ask them to pop the pop the little you know package open and show you how it it fits it's not too bad i think it's it's gotten easier uh like i haven't put a sink in for like i don't know like five five or six years Mm -hmm. And uh, the sink I bought, uh, just like random one, it has this new, this new way of uh, threading in. So you put like the handle on, and then you just push up, and um, and then uh, it like automatically like grabs onto the threads. Like mm-hmm. you don't even have to screw it anymore. You just like literally put the uh the handle on and it has like the water line and the uh-huh. line to the faucet uh-huh. you just uh put the the bottom on and uh just push it up against like the the roof of the or you know the underside of the of the sink uh or the, the countertop uh-huh. and it automatically locks in and you can tighten it and make it snug that's no so wrenches awesome. no oh, that's uh, great no sealing anything it's so easy now oh quick connect that's awesome yeah I like that. They, yeah, it's a, there's a lot of money in, in those innovations for people. I mean, you think about it, everybody needs a bathroom, <laughs> you yeah. know? So that's cool. Well, good, good on you, man. What about you, Del? What's going on? Um, yeah, not much has changed. Um, just sort of getting ready. Um, I don't know if I told you guys, but me and a wife are getting ready to go to Dallas next month for our anniversary. 
17 years married, 24 together. So um, we were looking to go to, we were looking at a couple of different places, but we ultimately landed on uh, Dallas primarily because although I've flown in between flights, I've never actually stayed in Texas. Um, so this is going to be a first. And we try to make our anniversary trips places that we've never been to before if we can, right? We would like to say, you know, 30, 40 years from now that, <laughs> you know, we went to all of these different places, you know, on our anniversary that was unique and we can sort of check those off on a on a, uh, a world map or whatever, but that is the plan. So got the tickets for the flight, um, made all my arrangements for um, everything, including seeing uh, uh, Wakanda forever when I'm in Dallas. So, <laughs> so it's going to be interesting. Okay. That's what's up. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I need a break from work. <laughs> I love what I do, but lately, I don't know if it's just like COVID burnout, but I just feel like, I don't feel like it's productive as I, as I once was. I feel like I'm always behind the needle, like not, and it could just be in my mind, but I just feel like the work never ends. And um, I don't want to feel that way. I don't, um, but, but I think I need a little break. Yes, everyone needs a little break. And you hope the work never ends because that means you <laughs> there's nowhere for you to work. But I, I feel you though. Yeah. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But I think you'll like Dallas. I, you know, I'm not a big fan of the, the Cowboys at all. However, um, <laughs> Dallas is a fun city, man. There's a lot to do. And right now, I mean, you have football season going on. Basketball just started. If you want to go to events like that, you could do that or just hang out near the downtown. And it's going to be pretty jumping. So yeah, or if I you want to chill. Before, I like the people. We like the people watch. Yeah, they're, so yeah, we they're get fun. on the bus. We walk. We, we mm -hmm. do the trails. We work out outside. We just try to become part of the city anywhere we go. Mm -hmm. It's a great city, man. It's, it's a really great city. Cool. Looking forward to it. Good, good. All right, fellas. Well, this week's topic is going to be presented by Dell. So uh, I'll let you uh, get to it. Let's uh, know what you're thinking. Oh, yeah. So um, I thought long and hard. And ultimately, it, the idea didn't come up by me. I got to admit that I am not the person who thought of today's topic. But in a conversation with my wife, she mentioned it, maybe we should talk about this. And I was like, wow, that's actually a really good topic <laughs> because I think it's something that really resonates with a lot of people, especially parents, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. And that is this, uh, this uh, notion of um, um, technology and its addiction, its addictive effects on society, right? So I want to tackle this from two different angles. One is... Um, if I were to pose the question, it would be, um, does your personal technical habits um, teeter on addiction <laughs> personally, right? And then two, um, how are you handling technological misuse with your own children, right? Like, you know. And, Sorry, uh, I had to laugh. Yeah, this, hit home, this hit home like a couple <laughs> hours ago. So I'm just like dying right now. That's funny. So, okay. Um, let me set up a, a, a scene for you. Uh, me and my wife were recently at a, a county, not a county, but a state fair. We were at the Arizona State Fair. And we saw um, like this reoccurring thing that just, it's sort of weird when you think about the experience of the of a fair and what do you do at a fair? And I don't care what age you are, right? There's this sort of 
um, out-of-body experience I remember going into as a kid, going to the fair. Like, everything is uh, something that I want to see, I want to engage in. But what we notice is that uh, an alarming number, number of children had tablets. We even saw a couple that had triplets. At the fair? At the fair. We had, they had triplets. So they had one of those carts that had, or one of those ba- um, strollers that had three oh, compartments, right? And each one of the kids had his or her own, you know, 12-inch, 10-inch iPad, right? <clears throat> and I was just like, wow, like, think about all these kids are missing out on because their attention is like, you know, squarely directed to their screen in front of them. They're not even experiencing the awe that comes along with going to the fair. So, you know, that's where the sort of idea sort of first sprung from. But um, in terms of like my own uh, use, I'd like to think that I'm not as crazy about the technology as most people, but, you know, we all have these moments where we sort of get stuck in time and we're doing some stuff and we look up and an hour has gone by or whatever the case. But um, I've seen it to the point where individuals that I know are so like consumed by it that they, that only do they are they must have this at their fingertips when they don't they become irritable they they have withdrawal like real like physical reactions to not having access to information and it just makes you wonder just you know in the last 30 years like think about how things have changed in terms of how we how we communicate like the rise in anxiety and teen depression and like my wife, a few, um, I don't know. And I think my wife is probably the worst of us, like in terms of how we deal with technology and her dependence on it. Um, she felt like she was always having to do it. And when she looked and participated in the social media thing, she would feel you know, worse. Like she would feel <laughs> like worse than she had before she even went into it because of the, you know, the, the trolling, the people talking, all of just the negative imagery that goes along with uh, social media. So she she wanted to prove that she didn't have an addiction, so she wanted to cut it off for a few days just to see how long she could do it. And admittedly, it was really challenging the first day or so. She almost had to always stop herself because she was going to reach for her phone. But what she noticed is that over time, not only did she feel better about herself and her her um, her place in the world and, you know, what she's doing with her life. She f- really felt content with, um, you know, her achievements so far in life, right? Like, you know, there's definitely more that she can do, but she didn't feel like this overwhelming need to change herself, right? Um, so that just got me thinking about, like, you know, I wonder what effect this is having on this current generation growing up, my children, your children. Like, how is their you know, attachment to technology and social media, how is that going to impact them in the long run? Like, I, I just can't imagine um, doing things like going to the fair, going to Disneyland, doing all of these experiences and not really being able to take it in. Like even at concerts, you know, people don't do concerts without cell phones anymore. And while we're watching the performance, they're watching it behind a little screen. It's like you're at the event 
take in the event. I get you want to maybe capture one moment to say, hey, when I go through my memories, I want to be able to remember. Sure. I'm talking about people are recording the entire show. Right. And they're viewing the entire show from behind a screen when they've paid X amount of dollars to be this close, right? What are you mm -hmm. doing? <laughs> but I think it's so people don't even think about it anymore. So <clears throat> my question to you guys is that, again, how is your own experience with technology? Do you think it's been um, unhealthy? And we, we all have kids, right? And we've all seen the, the extremes of this, right? What have we done personally to ensure that that doesn't happen? And I'll go first, right? Um, with my kids, um, first of all, not, they all have iPhones, right? Um, and the reason why they all have iPhones is that there's a lot of parental controls that are built into iPhones that allow for me to do some things that, you know, most people didn't know you could even do, right? I mean, I can do things like set time limits. I can do things where there's a cutoff period. So in my house at 7, 8, 7 p.m., those phones, the, the extra functionality apps and stuff like that, all of those things shut down. They can't access it. Oh, wow. If there's a situation where they need to do something, they could always ask for more time and I can allot them more time. But for the most part, they understand that they're not supposed to be on it at this point and they have to put it away. Now, they can mm -hmm. still receive phone calls. I can still get tracking left location in case they get lost or something like that, but they can't just open up a, a, a candy crush session or something. So you <laughs> get to specifically set which apps are okay during the downtime and which, and which ones aren't. Right. Um, so I made it a point to get them this only because it costs me a little more to get those phones, but the level of control I have as a parent um, gave me some stuff that I thought was, really worth it in the long run. And um, I think that because of that, um, I think my kids still have a problem with technology in terms of um, their reliance on it. But I know, for instance, my son is going stretches without technology because he's always getting it taken from him anyway, right? So <laughs> he's never he's never been like <clears throat> too deep into it because he's always doing something where I got to take it from him anyway, right? But, you know, I think that um, when I look at my children and I think my son fares differently than my daughter, I still think that when I was their age, you know, the things I had access to, the amount of information I had access to, and just how school stopped at school, right? Like you left school and you didn't have to worry about that embarrassing moment where you tripped in the lunch line, right? Now you have to go home and you got to deal with that even after the fact, you got to look at the memes they post of you falling and getting up. Like it, it, it lives forever. And I think that that's a, uh, that's scary when you, when you really think about just how powerful technology and the uh, ability to not forget. Who wants to go first? Matt, you good? Yeah, I think we should do based on age. My kids are a little bit older than Matt's and then yeah, no, no, no. Jason. So let's yeah. go with because I want to learn. I want to learn from. <laughs> I want to get this sage advice from you guys before I um, admit to my failures here. Before before I dive in, uh, my um, I've got I've got two daughters. They're uh, eleven and thirteen, and my eleven year old. Uh, when we first got him cell phones, we got him these like kid-friendly phones that had very limited functionality. They didn't have an app store or anything. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then they're like, I don't know, a year later, 
they were like they were on the campaign trail to get <laughs> real phones you know? <laughs> and um so anyway I, I finally uh relented and i um i was like okay i'll get you a phone and uh i've got an android phone um my oldest has an android phone and my youngest just really wanted an iphone like it had to be an iphone you know and so um you know, I don't want to make her happy. So I was like, okay, so I got an iPhone and then I was trying to set up those uh, parental controls like you're talking about. And uh, so I set everything up and, um, and then I, uh, you know, I associate it with my, uh, my Apple ID and, uh, you know, and I, you know, I turn to the phone and, um, you know, two minutes later, she wants an app. Right. And, uh, and I, I realized that in order to administer your child's device, you had to have your own Apple device, um, or you had to sign them out of their device and sign in to your account on their device to uh, <laughs> to do the uh, approvals or the changes. Super annoying. Um, I just remembered that when you were talking about uh, <laughs> and other parental controls. I wish they would just make like a like a you could log into your iCloud account and set the controls there or something. Um, I don't know why they have to make it so you basically need another device if you want to do real-time, you know, app approvals or whatever. But uh, anyway, um, I, I've i uh, read several articles that are talking about this idea that you get uh, addicted to, um, you know, whether it's technology or, or the, you know, the, the stimulation you get from playing a game or seeing someone's social media post or getting a message or a like or something. Yeah. Dopamine uh, spikes, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. They call it a, they call it a, a dopamine addiction. And so if you're, if you're constantly getting like little, little bits of stimulus from all these things, um, your brain gets kind of addicted to that. And then the moment you put your phone down, your brain starts just like, just like you need a cigarette or, or whatever your brain is has a longing for that mm -hmm. that sensation that you're that that's been getting so um i think it's a real thing and I, and i think rather than it being uh like a technology addiction i think it's like it's addiction to that constant stimulation of some sort you know whether it's new information or interaction or something and uh i've, I've read a bunch of articles about how harmful it is and you know you go out in the world and you see all these people that are addicted <laughs> to the the dopamine they're getting and in, in you know in stores and malls and the fair you know everyone's always like glued to their screen and uh and yeah it, it feels you know us uh, us millennials that existed in a pre-smartphone society it's weird you know it's weird com compared to how it used to be um and for, for my kids, I, um, you know, I tried, I tried just not having them have smartphones and so they could, they could have tablets at home and do tablet stuff. But if we left the house, you know, they can just text people or call people. And, uh, and then now that they have smartphones, um, now they're doing the same thing everyone else does and they're on their phone all the time. And, um, I don't have a great, I don't have a great solution for it um other than just being aware of it and uh like if we're at dinner and everyone's like on their phone i make fun of them 
and uh, shame them into putting their phones down and trying to have a conversation. Um, we have a no no technology policy at the dinner table. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah. But yeah, um, I I like the, uh, the, the parental controls and the, the way you can set limits. And you can even have a conversation with your kid and like, hey, what's a reasonable amount of time? Let's put that in there. Um, what's a reasonable time to, you know, have to go to bed and not sit on your phone all night, you know? And um, I don't think it has to be, uh, you know, a lot of conflict around it as long as you're talking it through and making sense of it and coming up to some sort of agreement, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> I think it's, I don't, I mean, obviously I don't have kids of that age right now, but I know some friends of mine at the end of the night when the kids go to bed, they have to bring their phones to the parents' room and that's where they charge them at night to make sure that they're ready for the next day because they, you know, their their teenager does use the cell phone because they get rides to different places and they have activities and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. they kind of, they kind of uh, framed it as, you know, bring it, bring it to me so I can make sure it's hundred percent charged and ready to go the next day. Cause you know, if they're on it all night, it could be dead the next day and they can't charge it at school because they're in class. They can't, you know what I'm saying? So they kind of did it that way. So I thought that was pretty cool. But, um, but for me with having a, a four-year-old and a one-year-old, I don't have as many of those interactions as, as you guys did, but it was so funny for me today was we came home from school and my daughter, my four-year-old was like, I want I want the iPad. I want to watch the iPad. And I'm like, oh Lord. And so my wife was like, nope, you're going outside. You're going outside. We're going out in the backyard. So she was flipping out. And I was like, look, if you don't calm down, you're going to lose that iPad for a long, for a long time. And now mind you, she only gets, so when we get home, from the time we get home to the time we have dinner is one hour. And that's usually the time excuse me, in which she can either watch the iPad or watch, you know, TV for the, you know, kids programming on the TV while we're, excuse me, while we're preparing dinner, and excuse me, and, and our house rule is at dinner time everything goes off. Like, our, we'd shut the TV off. Only thing is going is Alexa playing music. We don't, I mean, they don't have technology. They don't have phones or anything like that to bring to the dinner table. So that doesn't matter. So that's just our normal thing. And then when dinner's over, we play for a little bit and then we go to bed. So there's no, the only caveats to that are, you know, my football, like football was on tonight. So sports, sports is, gets the pass. Daddy gets to watch sports um, if that's on during dinner time, but otherwise uh, no TV. So I just thought that was funny that you brought up this topic because my four-year-old was balling that she couldn't watch her iPad and that we actually made her go outside when we come when we came home and that that just resonates with me just because when I was a kid that's that's all we had I mean you know you had to go outside and play there wasn't really a lot to do in the house and and if the weather was permitting you were forced to go outside your parents made you go outside and play with the other kids and you know even when I got older and we had a computer they limited my my uh you know, TV times and, and computer times. Um, I had to go read. If I wanted to stay up late, you had to, it had to be reading. That's it. You couldn't stay up late to watch TV. Um, so, you know, and, and even me now, you talk about like personal or talk about addiction individual individually. And, and I can tell you, so my phone, I have an old phone. I'm about to go get a new one tomorrow. But anyway, <clears throat> my phone was draining 20% in five minutes. It was just 
dying. I was like, what in the world is going on? So I'm looking at all the settings and I, I just, I missed something. So anyway, I run over to the Verizon store and I'm like, hey dude, my phone is dying crazy. I'm gonna have to get a new phone today. He was like, yeah, let me check it out. So he goes into my power settings or whatever. And he was like, there you go. TikTok was eating my battery alive oh and it wasn't even, and it wasn't even open. TikTok wasn't even open. It was just running in the background, obviously. And he's like, yeah, I see this on new phones, old phones. It doesn't matter. He goes, sometimes these apps go haywire. And he goes, TikTok is the worst offender. I said, install it. I don't need it anyway. I haven't had it in two, I haven't had TikTok in two weeks and I have not, I mean, it has, has been fine. Like I haven't been like, oh God, I have to reinstall TikTok. I, I just don't have it. Um, Cause nowadays I'm starting to see so much stuff on Instagram reels from TikTok anyway, right? So it's just kind of like one and the same. And, and then all my content that I watch because of the algorithms is all the same. So it's the same content essentially cross-platform. So I, I will say that I, why, while I don't feel that I have an addiction to like the technology piece, there's, I would say my, my day doesn't calm down until the kids are in bed, like at eight o'clock. So from like eight to 10, I have to determine what am I going to use my time for? And a lot of times I'm just tired and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to throw on YouTube and I'm going to catch up on all the stuff. And, and I, more times than not, and I, and I had a conversation with myself earlier today that I need to get sleep. I need to get better sleep because I, you know, last night I was up till probably 1130 watching MKBHD on the new uh, Pixel watch. I was looking at the Apple watch. I was looking at Rivian uh, car reviews. I'm just, it's just, it's this rabbit hole you go down every night like oh okay let me let me check that out and then before you know it because I don't really have a clock in my room it's on my phone and I wasn't paying attention to it because it was sitting on the dresser but like I'm just going down this rabbit hole and then all of a sudden I'm like God, I'm tired what time is it and it's 11 30 and even though I get up and I get moving the next day I'm not getting the amount of sleep that I need to be getting and so while I don't feel like it's an addiction it's definitely a challenge right so I don't I mean if I were to go in my room tonight and just plug everything in and just go to bed at 10, I wouldn't feel like I have to get up, but it's, it's building that habit of, you know, when 10 o'clock hits, turn the lights off and, and be, you know, so maybe it's an addiction. I don't know, but I don't, I don't feel like, I feel like if I, you know, just get into a better habit of going to bed, um, and then I'll, then it's, it'll be, I won't feel like I'm missing anything. So, yeah. I, uh, I, n- I never did uh, TikTok, but I started watching uh, YouTube shorts, which is basically TikTok. Mm-hmm. And um, and I started watching like my usage go up. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like whenever I'm just, whenever I'm bored, I'll just, you know, scroll through it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I don't know, I, I, I feel weird about it. Like when I, when I find myself on my phone all the time, like part of it is I'm on my phone for work all day. Like, mm-hmm chats and emails and meetings and stuff. And, um, and then, uh, whenever I'm not doing work stuff and I'm sitting somewhere, I'm doing something and, uh, yeah, it, 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 it's an, it makes me feel a bit uneasy that I spend so much of my, my day, you know, glued to my phone and, uh, yeah, I need, I need to get more sleep too. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm, so my work phone and my personal phone are two different phones, but um, yeah, I mean, I I can't really, 
I can't really have all this screen time while I'm at work. I'm just too busy to kind of really, you know, having a, a, a ton of screen time. Um, I'm usually listening to a podcast or something. Uh, if I'm not in meetings, I'm listening to, you know, I'm hooked on this new, uh, how, how I built that uh, podcast. That's, that's such a cool podcast. Oh man. Cool so, podcast. <laughs> so if you haven't, if you haven't listened to how I, how I built that, it is, it's amazing. It's an entrepreneurial uh, podcast about just all kinds of people building who have built things and favorite uh, uh, guest. Uh, thus far, I would have to say probably today I was listening to, uh, who was I listening to today? Um, it was the gentleman who, uh, oh, so it, it wasn't the wire cutter one. It was, um, so it was a, it was a, it was a one that was, oh, man, mine you, is you the, tell me, uh, you tell me. Mine was, uh, my favorite episode is the, uh, the developers of Instagram. Dude, their story is so cool. <laughs> so very cool. Mine is the uh, Airbnb, creators like of that Airbnb. One that one's awesome. That yeah. is That's crazy. probably number two for me. That's yeah. so crazy to How me. it what all is started, right? Yes, yes, yes. Love yes, it. blow up Love mattresses it. on my apartment yes. floor. Like, yes. I mean, how crazy can you get um what is it uh let's see I can't remember how far it went so I started because I had listened to so many so I just started I just spun it and like let it get down in the list for older mm-hmm. episodes and I and I was like it, and I mean these guys um yeah it's just amazing there there's there's one um Max Levchkin as well um mm-hmm. a former PayPal entrepreneur there's just so many so how I built that so anyway that just goes to say like that's what I'm that's what I'm doing most of the time so I'm not on my phone a lot and then unless it's to shoot a text here and there but um have you guys heard of uh Dr. Andrew uh Huberman I think is his name mm-mm. he has a podcast um him and another gentleman but he really talks about sleep and the importance of sleep. He's a, I think he's like a, a neurologist, a, a couple of, I forgot a, a number of different uh, specialties, but um, he talks about like just how important sleep is and how everyday things that we do and habits, how they dramatically uh, negatively impact our sleep, our ability to sleep and are not necessarily so much the the ability to get into the sleep state, but in order to have a quality sleep where right. you go through the various stages and so forth. So, you know, a lot of people already know alcohol is one of those things where, you know, you consume a little bit of wine or alcohol and you might get to sleep sooner, but you'll, you'll actually feel less rested when you wake up the next day. And he, he attributes that to uh, just the way the, the chemical reactions and how that affects certain parts of the brain and sleep and how you never really get full quality REM sleep and how mm-hmm. the brain tries to overcompensate. And at the very end of that sleep period, it tries to like slam dunk a whole bunch of REM at the end. And that's why people tend to have very vivid and lucid type of dreams after drinking alcohol is because of the stage in which it's trying to force the REM sleep. I mean, he could talk about it more than I can, but mm-hmm. he's another person um, that I've been reading a lot lately because I've been trying to get more like purposeful with my sleep <laughs> mm-hmm. because I I'm one of those persons just like you, like it's get late at night and I'd be like, man, 
I should update uh, the firmware on my, uh, <laughs> my my wireless router, right? right, oh, let, right. Me, let me it's optimize just... my mesh network. I'm serious, man. This is this I is know. a problem, man, because I, I need to take myself to sleep, but yet. I'm always coming up with things that I could do instead. Like, oh, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll just crash really quick. I'll be so tired. I go right to sleep. But like, I start to cut into that sleep time. And mm-hmm. I saw a study, you guys might have saw it recently from CNN, where they're saying that, you know, people who have had a, an experience where after 50, where they're having less than five hours of sleep, these people end up having really, uh, you know, um, extreme health problems later in life. And that has a lot to do with their their inability to get quality sleep. Yeah, I've been watching a couple things lately and it's just, but see, that's the thing, that's the catch point too, right? I watch these things and I'm up till 12 yeah, o'clock midnight yeah. watching these things. Yeah. But uh, one of the one of the uh, podcasts I listen to um, is a, it's like, it, there's, there's a bunch of them, but the reoccurring theme was even Navy SEALs, these guys were like, man, sleep is so, so important in recovery and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, everybody, when they think about Navy SEALs, they think about the hell week where they sleep four hours for the whole week. But other than that, you know, when they're actually active Navy SEALs, they're getting as much rest as they can, trying to recover, trying to be alert, trying to be sharp and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then I, I was watching another, uh, you know, quick blip on something. I can't remember what it was, but this physician was talking about if you're sleeping less than six hours a night, you're killing for like for men, you're killing your testosterone, you're, you know, you're going to lead to health problems. And it's so funny, because I remember way back in the day when I was really fit, really in shape, I was sleeping really well, I was eating very well. And I just started to see rapid improvements in my physical fitness, my health, everything was really, I was really performing at a high level. And I had a, a coworker who was, he was working out so hard, man, this guy was working out so hard every day, but he was slamming coffee all day, drinking pre-workout before his workouts. I'm like, dude, why are you so tired? And, you know, he's his girlfriend and they'd be up all night watching whatever they was doing, you know, whatever, it doesn't matter. But he was not sleeping very well at all. And I said, dude, if you don't sleep, your body doesn't have any time to recover. So whatever you're doing in the gym is being negated because you're not resting and allowing your body to heal. And so even though I know these things and it, it makes sense and it's common sense, I just have not been disciplined enough to turn everything off at 10 o'clock and get that rest that I need. But that's just the thing. That's the whole point of this whole conversation is that technology, like technology, that instant access to information, that ability to be able to learn something on the fly. Like, oh, Mm -hmm. I've always wondered about X, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because we have it so readily available via the internet and all these technology devices, like, I think that's part of the problem. Like, I mean, I love technology. I'm, I'm not here to to say that we need to get rid of it or anything, but I'm just wondering, like, what would our quality of life be if we were all in, like, these rural communities that really didn't have access to technology? Would we have a, a more, a better quality of life just because that we could, we didn't have to, we weren't so busy with all this information that we take in? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, I mean, you, you know, you say, like you say, it's a, it's a catch 22. A lot of this access to information improves our knowledge of the world, right? And understanding concepts and, and introducing us to new ideas and people that we would have never met in, in person. So there's, there's, there's the 
technology aspect of it that's, you know, that inherent, you know, dopamine that you're talking about by looking at all this stuff via technology. But there's also a, you know, a, a part of it that we just have to become more disciplined as people, you know, to, to say that we're going to disconnect or we're going to be more responsible with our time when, when it, with regards to technology. I mean, I look at my, like, even with the four-year-old, and I think about this stuff too, as she gets older, how am I going to manage that, right? Because, you know, just like Matt said, at 11 years old, if you don't have an iPhone, you're not cool because all your friends have them, probably have an iPhone or someone's like, you know, you got to have wrong this. With you? Are you poor? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? So, but I mean, you know, you, you as a parent have to put those limits and I feel bad for people. Cause I feel like our age, you know, I'm 44. I, if I go to a concert, bro, I might take a couple pictures and then mm-hmm. I'm, I'm chilling. You know what I'm yes. saying? I'm not trying to, and I see you go to, you go to the club and there's like everybody in the club has their phone up. You know, if a drink comes or a bottle, I mean, everybody's photograph. It's like, where how are you enjoying this experience i wonder i wonder for some of those people it's like did you really have fun did you really have fun wait because you're just like video recording your whole night out i don't understand how that's fun when i I first had kids i was like i gotta capture every moment you know (laughs) and so i was like i always had my camera with me this is back before cell phones were awesome cameras and um and then uh, my phone could be a camera i was always and, and i found myself uh, doing a thing where I'm watching the screen, you know, and trying to make sure I capture everything instead of just like enjoying the moment and being present. And, uh, I never go and look at those videos. Like, <laughs> never. no, like I'm glad I have them. Like, don't get me wrong, but, um, I'm not like staying up late at night and like watching an hour of a play when they were three years old. <laughs> yeah. Know? Like shoot me, shoot me. Like it's but, but, that- uh, so, so nowadays, like I try, like I'll take a couple snaps and I'll just try to mm-hmm. watch, you know, and just like enjoy it for what it is and not, uh, not try to get into videographer and archival <laughs> mode, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think the parental control piece is, is key. Like I started to even look at my, my, you know, my Wi-Fi set up here, you can shut off device. You can cut devices off of your Wi-Fi at a certain time, or, you know, you could, there's c- controls around around that. And then I like the idea of having my kids bring me their phones to my room where I'll charge them and stuff like that. So they can't be on them. Um, yeah, we, and, and I, you know, it's to my wife's credit. Cause she was the one that was like, Hey, we got to turn the TV off for dinner. Cause you know, she just noticed my, even when my four-year-old was a little, was smaller, she was turning around during dinner. She wasn't eating, you know, and she's like, nah, no more of that. So, you, so there, yeah. So for the last two years, she's never, you know, watched TV during dinner. We sit and talk about her day, even, even though she can't really articulate her days that well. Um, we're lucky that the school she goes to has an app and the teachers update the app during the day about activities. They put pictures on it and things like that. So when we come home and have dinner with her, we can say, hey, you know, how was your day? We saw, you know, you did this. Can you tell us about that? You know, to have good conversation. Because I will tell you, there was one time, it was about a year or so ago, we were out to dinner and we had, we were out to dinner with a bunch of people, but there was only my daughter at the time. And then there was another two little kids um, around her age. They were a little older than her uh, that were at dinner. And 
my daughter was just sitting there trying to talk to these other little kids and they were just on their phones. And I was, and so finally my wife pulls out her phone and gives it to M and says, okay, you, you know, you can watch your YouTube or whatever. And I was like, what are you doing? And she was like, well, they're not talking. And so the mm -hmm. other kid's mom was like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, I just try to keep them occupied, you know, when we're out to places like this so that the parents can, you know, actually talk without getting interrupted all the time. And I was like, oh, all right, that's fine. I get it. But see, that's, that doesn't, that's not how we operate. Right. But I also understand I have to be a little bit flexible. I'm not going to let my daughter sit there not talking to anybody right because adults are talking and she's just sitting there not doing anything and we try to get her like crayons and stuff so like you know but if there's other kids there her age and they're on their phones I don't think it's necessarily right to not have her um, give her some kind of entertainment but we try to make sure that she's able to communicate with other people to talk to not be afraid to socialize and things of that nature um, because it's just to me it's just really important you know they're going to have these phones it's not going to get any it's not going to go back in time, right? They're always, the next phase of technology is going to be even more incredible. And I want her to be able to build good habits around using it and being able to manage interactions with real people and not just be staring at her phone. Because I will tell you in the last, within the last mm, 10 years, I've noticed a different, I've noticed a difference in interactions with people much younger than me. Um, when I did, I was doing some recruiting on, on college campuses and I noticed there was a lack of eye contact. I noticed there was just, there were some differences and I couldn't pinpoint it at that time, but it was just very different. And I, and I feel like it's because there's a world now where everything's via text and via emojis and carrying on a real meaningful conversation with someone face to face is missing. And maybe I'm, maybe I'm off, but I'm not. If you call them, they're like, why are you calling me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would, I would just kind of sum it all up and um, you need to, you need to balance things. Like you can't not exercise and you can't exercise too much. You know, you got to find like something in the middle and the same thing with like with technology or with our phones, um, you know, like, we do need to know things about what's going on and, you know, interact with our friends and, and loved ones. And, uh, but also like, if you're on it all the time, that's not a balance, you know, that's, that's a problem. I agree. I agree. For sure. Del, that, that picture that <laughs> you have to add that to the show notes. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> Did you see that Matt Dell added a, a picture? Del, describe that. What did you? Where did you find that? So uh, this uh, image is uh, the inverse. Is now it, it basically is trying to depict the the dependence on technology over a very short span of time. So what you're seeing is 2005 versus 2013. In each image, they're at the Vatican seeing a newly appointed uh, pope, and notice a very stark difference in people and how they <laughs> take in that that event, right? One image shows maybe one person in a whole room, maybe two. One's taking a picture with their with their flip phone. The other one is like looking at a screen. But most people are in the moment, like looking forward, looking at the Pope. 
Whereas in the other image, you got nothing but screens, like as far as the eye can see. And you even have one person with an iPad. Like who takes a picture with an iPad? Who does that? That person does. But it just really, and what reminded me of this is that I saw something similar from um, Obama's um, inaugural speech, or it was like some dinner. What is that thing that they have afterwards? Oh, the white, like the... Oh, after the inauguration? Yeah, yeah, it's like a... Not the correspondence dinner, is it? Yeah, I think that's what it was. Maybe oh, it was that. Okay. But uh, it's basically the first time that they have a, like a dinner type of thing. But they showed it between um, the previous president. I mean, maybe it was the first Bush or whatever. But again, same stark difference where you have mm-hmm. people who are completely in the moment and then you got people who are taking in the moment via a three-inch or two-and-a-half-inch screen. Mm-hmm. So, um, like I said, I see it all the time, um, especially now. It, I think it's it hits me more than it did before, but I'm just like, wow, like, um, do I do that? <laughs> right? But, you know, to each his own. But I think you're right, Matt. It's, it's definitely about balance. But if we know anything is that humans have a, have a need to, to, to addiction, like what it, whatever it may be, like we are very um we're creatures of habit and most of us tend to overdo a lot of things like you know if 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 moderation was was a way of life there would be very very few people living that life so um unfortunately um we because we are technologists i think that we have an additional responsibility to communicate what we see but at the same time understand it our livelihoods is really tied to it, but uh, right. understanding that it's not necessarily the technology that's the bad thing, obviously, right? Like access to information is a very good thing, right? The problem is, is that how we consume it, how we make it part of our lives, how we sort of disconnect from the outer world, that's a problem. Um, and, and that's something that might be fed by some chemical processes going in the body, um, you know, whether that's dopamine or whatever the case may be, we as a society need to figure out a way to get this under control because there are people who are having major issues with disconnecting to the point where they're not even functional people anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's when it becomes a problem, but you know, we can guilt people by like, Oh, you're always on your phone or this and this and that, or we can have a real conversation as I did with my wife about, Hey, you know, do you think that your, your, your attitude or your mood is affected by, the things that you take in it's one of the reasons why like i think a lot of people avoid the news <laughs> because uh the news can be uh not, not not generally speaking but in most cases like the news can be very much a downer to the point where um you know you take in all this negativity you your body absorbs that your psyche absorbs mm-hmm. that like you got to balance that out somehow i was yeah. i was gonna say something along that line and i um i forgot about it uh so social media platforms like Facebook, um, a lot of the, a lot of the the, the news uh, organizations, um, they're they're a hundred percent trying to create that that dopamine addiction in their in their users or their readers, you know, like, like uh, breaking news, you know, mm-hmm. and and then like the the stuff that you see in your news feed mm-hmm. and. Uh, they're trying to create a product that creates, gets you addicted to it in the same way that cigarette companies wanted their customers to be addicted, you know? And, um, except for we regulate the cigarette companies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, it's also, I mean, well, 
I don't feel like it's much. Well, okay. Let's think about back in the day with newspaper newspaper circulation, right? You had to write stories that were going to drive some kind of emotion. So people would want to subscribe to the newspaper. So it's no different. It's just in a different format, right? It's just in a digital format versus a print format, right? I mean, you wouldn't buy, you wouldn't buy your local newspaper if it didn't have headlines and information that you couldn't readily get somewhere else or a spin to it that you appreciated or liked, right? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think I think there there are there are some some key differences, um, but um, all that stuff wasn't delivered electronically, wasn't updating on a continual basis, wasn't twenty four seven, you know. And, and it was avoidable. You got to understand some of yeah. this stuff that people take in is almost unavoidable. Think about something like a platform like social media. Like mm-hmm. people think social media is free but it's actually not, right? It's so, sure. it, the free part of it is that you think that you're getting this free, free product to communicate and bring in information, but underlining that is this campaign to sell you and to communicate stuff to you, right? Mm-hmm. Whether you realize it or not, you know, the, all of that other stuff is there and you don't want that other stuff. You really just want the free part, but in order to get that free part, you got to take in a lot of this other stuff that you're bombarded with. When you buy a newspaper, that was a choice you made, right? You, mm-hmm. You went and you bought it and you can ignore that other stuff. Whereas, you know, you got ads and stuff that sort of take command of the screen or jump in mm-hmm. front of stuff. It's like, hey, I heard you over the over your mic on your phone talk about, you know, buying new band-aids. Hey, here's a band-aid <laughs> ad, right? Like it's that um it's that in your face. I think the proliferation of that is um is a little bit more extreme than it was prior. For sure. And I've been thinking a lot about it. the other piece of it I was thinking about today, too, is, you know, all of these data breaches and, and hacking and things like that. So I, I I was I was thinking to myself, you know, we're starting to see this more and more ransomware, cyber attacks, security breaches and things of that nature. And what I was feeling like is if if we as a society or we as as. Yeah, as a society, make it more. um let's see, how do I say it? Make it, make it problematic. So if you were to purchase this information, right, and you were be prosecuted at the highest extent of the law, then maybe we would see some of a reduction in some of these data breaches. And because I feel like they're, they're doing it to, to, to sell it on you know the dark web and there's i mean there's many ways we can go go with this but i i'm I'm feeling like if we had if we've devised ways to better prosecute against people um you know that are purchasing this this data and this information uh we'd be in a little bit better shape but um yeah the the i can see what you're saying the 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 yeah the data is there we have it in our hands and it's coming across stuff that we don't want uh, yeah i guess so but i mean the times have changed you know that's kind of just how it operates now i mean newspapers are much of a thing in the past so i just sent you guys a link um, yeah i never heard be, of that there used to be a law called the fairness doctrine um and if you broadcast uh, information, you know, this, this applied to broadcasters who had broadcast licenses. So like mm-hmm. radio stations, uh, television programs, that sort of thing. Um, and, and the, the policy said that, um, 
if you, uh, you, you, had a, you had a requirement to present controversial issues of public importance in a fair, um, in, in a man matter that fairly reflected the differing viewpoints. And um, that sounds crazy today <laughs> that the government regulated uh, how you would present information because that hasn't been around for a while. But, uh, mm -hmm. um, but you know, th things have changed a lot. The technology has completely changed things. The laws have changed. And um, I think we, we have a ways to go before we get to, <laughs> to some sort of healthy balance in, in terms of how things are, are shared and presented. But the, the, I love the idea behind it, but that's where it's so hard when you're, when you're speaking about anything, there's always going to be subjectivity with, with any topic that you bring up, right? It's going to like, how do you, how do you effectively argue both sides of a point or, or present all of the information on any point? It's called partisan, non-bipartisan <laughs> news. <laughs> that doesn't Does, exist anymore. Doesn't exist. Partly because they're probably this rule right here. Like, think about right. that. You know, uh, you know, a topic that's controversial, period. Right. Like mm -hmm. we're not talking about facts like, oh, you know, air is what we breathe. Water is right. what we drink. These are known facts. We're talking about like controversial topics. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. OK. Uh, controversial what? topics. We should be required to have differing views. And mm -hmm. the funny thing is that they tried to use something similar when it came to science and teaching in the school. Right. They tried to use a rule similar to this which is really at its core, very different because they were trying to use the challenge stuff like evolution, right? Which we mm -hmm. all ex understand as a, as a fact, uh, as something that actually occurred, we can prove it type of thing, as opposed to, oh, we need to teach the differing views to evolution. What do you mean? Oh, you know, somebody just snapped their fingers and people appeared here. Come on now. Like, that's what they tried to use that for. So I get it. Like, depending on um, the language, like, how do you define controversial and what mm -hmm. is deemed? So I think that a lot of that has to do with that. But the fact that they were like, hey, we just need to make sure that there's differing views here. That would be a, 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 a you know, a that would be awesome just because I see so much like partisan news. And that's what I don't like the most. That's why we typically go with, either the BBC or like people who don't have necessarily a vested interest so much. Sure. Like I look sure. at independent places and, you know, some of those places can be crazy as just as anybody else. Right. But you're right. They, they, they get paid off of sensationalism, right? It's all about the news spin. And if we can make something as crazy and unbelievable as possible, be based off of something that was real, then we can, we can capture the audience that much longer, right? And that's the, the scary part. But that's the, there's the tie back to technology. I mean, they send you, you get to consume information that you lean towards, right? Because the algorithms say, wow, this person really watched this for a long time. Let's send them more of that. So people, it's hard to get out of, unless you're intentional like you are, it's very hard to get out of the mindset of, what I believe is correct, because everything that you do in life right now through technology feeds you more of the same, because that it, it the intent is to deliver an experience that you're going to be happy with, and you're going to be happy with information that slants towards your view viewpoint. So it takes a real educated and and thoughtful person to say, okay, well, 
I believe this. Let me go listen to this dude over here or this young lady over here and see what they have to say on the topic. I mean, that's that's very challenging because it's that's hard also, right? Because people, we don't like hard. We don't like difficult. We like easy, right? So it's a lot easier to find somebody that believes what I believe and listen to them and to listen to their viewpoints because maybe they're smarter in that topic than me. I'm not, a, I'm not into politics heavy. I know who I like listening to, but am I, you know, am I doing myself a disservice by listening to those individuals versus I try to be purposeful and listen to both sides of things, but that's where the technology kind of causes that, you know, a little bit of a also problematic. It, feel, it feels good to feel right about. Oh things. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know? And uh, if you want to feel good and you can just go, Listen to someone talking Reaffirm about your own way beliefs. That makes you feel good, <laughs> you know. I, I just I was right about that topic. <laughs> I just ask. I, a lot of times, I get into conversations with people. I just want to know where they got that information from. And a lot of times, people will not you. can't tell or, you, or they'll tell you. I saw it on Facebook. It was like, oh, yeah, automatically, okay. right? All right, yeah, uh, I'm done with you. Right? <laughs> and, yeah. and it's just new generation as well. My daughter, I found out earlier that or this week that she's been taking what I would deem medical advice from TikTokers. It's like, oh, are gosh. you serious? Oh, but goodness. this generation consumes majority of their news via TikTok. Mm-hmm. That's how, that's how much of a challenge we are as a society. Like, you know, at the end of the day, anybody can post anything. Right. And mm-hmm. once it's out there, then it, it must be true. It must be mm-hmm. fact. Right. How could they put this up if it wasn't That's scary? I think that information is wonderful, but it can also be weaponized or, you know, modified to to fit some other person's initiative or agenda. And unfortunately, trying to shift through all of that stuff, like you said, requires time. It requires some level of expertise. And it's not always easy to get to the truth, right? So the easy thing is just to accept it as fact, especially if it's semi-quasi aligns with what my thoughts are anyway, right? Um, and that's, that just shows that, um, you know, people in general will fall to it. It's a very, um, popular episode of Oprah where she brings in a specialist that talks about how brown eyed people are far superior. That was amazing. And like, that was amazing, bro. People was it up. Yeah. You never seen this episode? No. It's yeah. So she brought in a, a pseudo expert to come in and talk <laughs> about how through her research, she's been able to determine that brown eyed people are far superior. They're more intelligent they're more. They have more emotional intelligence, so on and so forth. And a lot of brown eyed people were like, yeah, yeah, it is right. Heck it is yeah. Right. <laughs> it like, was, it the funny amazing. thing is that the people who didn't have like the blue eyed, the green, green eyed folks, they were feeling really subjugated and like made the feel like really and then at the end it was like you see that feeling that you're feeling right now imagine that in this aspect right yes you know yes. black skin versus whatever what yeah it was like oh so that's what it means to yes be a- <laughs> yes yes she she was that was a great and so yeah during a lot of the um the police you know, brutality time frame that, you know, was really, really heavy. I started seeing some of those clips come up and this is like Oprah. I think that was like nineties or this early 2000. Old. It was old Oprah. It was old Oprah, but it was, it elicited a real 
real emotional response for these people especially for people who fit the the prototype (laughs) of what she says right the better people and like you said matt if you if you hear something that aligns with what you believe already or benefits you you don't care about the facts like that's an expert i believe them i know this to be fact and people were giving like real world testimonies as to why they believe this to be true oh i worked with so-and-so and she was just dumb as a bag of rocks and blah 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 it's just like you can't make assumptions about people based on some something as as meaningless as eye color yeah, I think you we I think that should be like the requisite video you show kids as they start to get <laughs> yeah. on TikTok. Like you can't you can't get a TikTok account until you watch You got to watch this video, you got to answer a questionnaire. It is it. it is crazy. Like I literally could put on a lab coat and find a fake badge and just start posting on TikTok medical advice and I will have followers. I will have followers. It's so scary. And the funny, the funny thing about it is I've even, I, I told, I think I told you guys one time I got a little concerned one time I was watching a video and this guy stood up in a, uh, in a, in a lecture hall purporting to be a doctor, a physician, and was saying like, if you get the COVID vaccine and you get the flu shot, you're going to die. Like this guy cited, he, he's, stood up in front of a lecture hall full of people at some like, I don't know, some kind of public hearing or whatever. And was like, I'm Dr. So-and-so I've published all these articles, blah, 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 all this, that, and the other. And I've worked on, you know, whatever I've worked on all these things. And he was like, Hey, I can tell you this vaccine, the way it works, if you get that vaccine and then you get the flu shot, it's going to fight against the flu shot and it's going to create this internal thing and people are going to die. They get the flu shot. And he was like, what? And, and I told my wife, I was like, this is crazy because I started to think about, I was like, well, you know, this vaccine came out kind of fast and like, I'm intelligent, but I'm still, I consumed it because he had all the credentials supposedly. And it was so funny because then right, not too he long looked after, the part, period. he looked the part, but not too long after that, another lady also posted a video, a reaction to that video and talking about calling him out. And she said, she goes, I am such and such go look me up right under <laughs> you know in the journal of medicine and look me up my license and blah 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 and i'm yep. going to tell you i and she was like i can't find this guy under any medical in no article she couldn't find him under anything so i don't know what his um what the catalyst for him to stand up in front of that many people and pretend to be somebody else if he was planted or paid to be there or I don't know but it's just that kind of stuff that's scary about tech and 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 in the wrong hands and not having the conversation with our kids about you know these things and that's the thing that I worry about that I hope I can build a relationship with my kids that they would come to me and be like hey dad is this does this make sense or or that I can help them you know use use their intelligence and say okay does this make sense and if it doesn't then come to me critical thinking we're just talking about can we instill critical thinking in our children and that should be um a goal of all of us whether we have children or not like our Mm -hmm. the person next to us we need to make sure that when we get these sensational like emails and images and memes like we need to be able to have the courage to say hey I don't know that that's true and here's what we should do to sort of figure that out. Right. And it, it takes a lot of, you know, eyebrows being raised and stuff, but I think that ultimately 
if we're going to change this situation, we're going to have all have to be participants in it. And we all got to be able to say, let me just stop sticking to my own biases or whatever. And let's do, let's evaluate, let's look it up, mm-hmm. let's do some research. And again, it can be time consuming, but at the very least, we just need to be able to instill in others that you don't take everything at face value. Mm-hmm. I mean, even now, you can't even believe what you see based on oh, a lot of the geez. advancements in AI and Photoshop and everything. Oh my gosh. It's, it's pretty insane. So I said, we really got to take a step back and be able to think intelligently about what we're seeing and uh, you know, understand that, you know, this doesn't necessarily have to be true just because somebody says it is, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, man, I mean, that was my whole purpose here. I, I thought it was a very um, interesting topic, especially because I'm dealing with it. I know you guys are dealing with it. Um, we work in technology and we see a lot of um, a lot of these abuses on a day-to-day basis. So <laughs> yeah, I thought it would be an interesting topic. Um, so that's why I presented it. Um, I, I appreciate your feedback and you all, uh, pr- you know, giving your um, your two cents and, you know, adding a couple of more ideas on top of that. Um, we sort of went on a tangent a little bit in there, but uh, ultimately um, it all, was all centered around this whole idea of technology and how it's going to impact society today and going into the future, especially when we talk start talking about our, our children. So I appreciate you guys. Um, I think that uh, we we really got a lot of stuff out there. And um, that's it, man. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us, everybody. And if you like what you heard, please do us a favor and subscribe to our channel. We appreciate any and all feedback on our show. And if you have any topics you'd like us to cover, please shoot us an email at mail at 3 or leave a comment on any of our socials. This is 3 Text Talk, and we're out. See you guys later.